HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, everybody, we're kicking off day three here at the Charleston Wine and Food Festival from the Le Creuset podcast studio with Heritage Radio Network. I'm Harry Rosenblum. I host Feast Your Ears, and you can check out everything we're doing here. Uh, we've been here for two full days. This is day three at heritageradionetwork.org slash Charleston 2019. Uh, our sponsors today are Le Creuset and the Julia Child Foundation. Thank you both for making Heritage Radio Network on tour at Charleston Wine and Food possible. Uh, I'm super excited to be here today. It's getting hot out here, and we're a little warm in the studio. And we're going to talk about cooking with fire and cast iron, both of which are really hot things. Uh, I am joined by Dennis Powell, who is the founder and owner of Butterpat Industries, who are making incredible, excellent, they feel great, and they cook even better cast iron skillets, uh, which is really an ancient piece of technology. Uh, but Dennis has started to reproduce them uh, starting in 2013. And I am with Steve Shuttle, who runs Sea Island Forge, uh, has also been in the construction business, is a contractor, uh, does architectural metalwork, and in starting in 2014, started producing the Sea Island Forge, which is an incredible uh, fire kettle cooker that has lots of accessories. It has a griddle. It has a grill grate. It's a fire pit. Uh, it's awesome. And if you listen to some of the interviews that I've done over the past few days over with Springer Mountain Chicken, that's what we were talking about there because that's what they were cooking on. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. So what's the difference between what you make and what I make? You make, uh, you make something that's forged, and I make something that's cast, and we do not do the same thing, correct? You, well, you... <laughs> Our bowl, our kettle is cast ductile iron, but aside from that, we forge and fabricate all the accessories from the stands to the hand-forged Black Banks Oyster Knife that we run our up in Garden Gun Magazine Made in the South Awards. Um, so it's, it's a combination for us of, of the forging the accessories around the kettle that is cast. So just so the listeners understand, uh, Butterpat Industries makes cast iron skillets, which uh, range in size from, I think you have a little two-inch one. Is that right, Dennis? We All have, the way we up to... We have a little, uh, we, we call that the quail egg skillet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd say that up to, up to 14 inches. In up to diameter. a 14-inch. Yeah, and uh, on the other sort of end of the spectrum, those would all fit in my apartment in Brooklyn. 
Uh, Steve, what you guys make will not fit in my apartment in Brooklyn. I don't think your sizes are a 30-gallon and a 50-gallon. Is that right? That is correct. The 30-gallon kettle weighs 175 pounds, just the bowl, and the 50-gallon kettle weighs 300 pounds, just the bowl. So they're... They're stout, but they're designed to be that way. And ours, another major difference is ours is designed to have the fire in it. So ours is the fire vessel versus right. uh, the the butter pat pan, which you would cook over the fire vessel. Right. But and then, and I think, but I think there's a great you know there's a great marriage there because both of these things we're talking about, they're both somewhat elemental, right? We're talking oh, about iron. Yes. Uh, we're talking about fire. We're talking about cooking. We're talking about sort of basic, you know, we're, ultimately we're, basic things. We're sort of uh, we're we're neighbors uh, in terms of our <laughs> materials, but we're not we're not the same material. I mean, our, our sure. even even uh, even your ductile iron is different than our iron. If we if you drop our pan, it it will crack and right. break. Of course. Uh, if you drop your bowl, it will not crack and break, except your except your foot. <laughs> yes, yes. We we have impact tested uh, our larger 50-gallon. We raised it up off the concrete shop floor five feet Dropped from the forklift and push it off on the concrete floor. <laughs> Loud noise and chip right. the concrete. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's a that's a structural difference between the metal of, of what he uses and what I use. Yeah. And it's a it's and it's also a difference in the in if he were to make a pan out of his ductile iron. It would not perform the way our the way our iron performs. Right, right. It's a different sure. material and it has different has different cooking qualities. Sure. And I'd love to hear a little bit about how how you each got started. So, Steve, you had a construction or still have a construction company, right? Um, we don't do any more general contracting. We still do lots of commission pieces for architects and interior designers. I see. Uh, and, and high end houses. Uh, but CL and Forge was pretty much uh, mine and my wife's exit strategy from the general contracting and more into the, the artistic uh, and, and uh, just just what we enjoy. You know, now we get to go to amazing events and travel and meet amazing people like you guys and and taste great flavors. Yeah. So this, you know, now that our kids are gone and out of the house, this was our plan and our strategy, you know, <laughs> to get out of construction. But you also have, a, I mean, I, I've been speaking with a, a number of the people uh, on your team, and it's a pretty small team so if you guys are all here no no uh no you know kettles are being manufactured right uh no we still have a team back at the oh, studio do. back at the Excellent. forge uh they're taking today off uh but they'll be hard at it again tomorrow so even while we're on the road things are are still happening back at the forge and you guys make about 150 pieces a year at this point is that about right Last year, I think we sold between 400 and 450 kettles. Oh, okay. And Got this it. year, we're predicting between uh, 800 and 1,000 kettles. Wow, so you guys are you're churning out like three, four pieces a day. Uh, yeah, and then that, so that's just the bowl. That's not the accessories like the griddle, the, yeah. the grill, the adjustable height grill. Um, you know, which is a cool piece. It's it's got a patent pending lift system that will articulate in the X, Y, and Z axis. So it's, it's very it's cool. cool. Uh, I, I definitely uh, you know drooled a little bit. I'm sorry, I drooled on one uh, earlier, but uh, really, really cool. I would love to have one. I I, I can't quite fit it in my Brooklyn backyard, <laughs> uh, but I do have a house outside the city, so definitely thinking about what I can do to get one uh, get one up there to uh, to Rhode Island. And so, Dennis, your you know your history with cast iron personally goes way back. I mean, your family obviously had it. Uh, you know, you, you talk on your site, you know, in 2013, your grandmother's 19th century cast iron skillet cracked, and that led to creating Butterpat. But you also were a dealer. You sold cast iron in the past. I did. I was a, uh, 
I owned a hardware store while I was in college in uh, in Minneapolis, and we were the uh, we were the largest lodge dealer west of the Mississippi because we were slightly over the over right. the over the river. Right. And um, it, it it when I was just out of high school, I uh, hiked the Appalachian Trail. We, I carried a cast iron pan on on that entire on that entire trip. Um, my first stove, uh, when I moved out of the house, was a home comfort uh, wood stove. So my mother gave me my grandmother's pan with absolutely no sense of uh, ceremony. I mean, it was, you, you know, we make a big deal out of it now, but sure. it was not a big deal. My, right. my you needed a pan. I needed a pan. Yeah. My mother looked in and said, you want this piece of crap that's sitting here? You know, it's, 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 it's granny's uh, pan, you know. And, but it was, um, it, in our family, they, they, there was... There was no sense of um, of uh, heirloom or uh, treasure about it. Uh, my my grandmother called called them an old black pan. Right. I mean, so it was only through using it every day of my life from that day forward that when it cracked, you 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 knew that you'd lost that connection sure. to your past and to the to the people that uh, that that. Were, were gone. Right. So my, my impetus for making for originally making the uh, uh, a, a pan was to find out why her pan was different than what was available now, and to just cast a couple of them and to give them to my kids. It wasn't a commercial venture. Right. I mean, it was a it was a an, an obsession. Um, I'm an architect by training, also in the construction business, uh, and. Uh, it was only much more recently that I decided that um, I'd reform out of that business and uh, concentrate on on this one. So, and what did you find? So, I mean, tell me a little bit about what was different about her pan yeah. than the pans that were available in 2013 when it cracked. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's really it's really fascinating because you know lodges um, have an an abundant and um, for, forever love of, uh, of of the company. I mean, the the quality of their manufacturing process is um, is above so many others. They've made a commitment to stay in South Pittsburgh when so many other country, uh, companies went overseas with their with their products. Their their product is very different from ours, and they're the only Amer- American manufacturer that was left in the country right. uh, making making cast iron yep. when we started. They the 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 production that they had changed was to go to automatic molding machines. Mm. Um, so hand hand cast um, iron was 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 abandoned uh, for uh, for speed of production. It takes us 21 days to make our to make our product from from iron to box. Um, an automatic molding machine allows for for something to be made in uh, in less than two hours. Wow! So that's the main dif- that's the sure. main difference. Our specifications were that they had to be smoother than a certain roughness yep. average. Yep. They had to be thinner than a certain number, and they had to be made in the United States. So it took us uh, 20-some foundries before we found a uh, partner that would even consider uh, taking on a project with right, us. Right, because they didn't know if they could make those sports. Well, they knew they couldn't Right, uh, is actually what happened. They, yeah. they said, in fact, they said... Um, it's it's not going to happen. Mm. Uh, so we we entered into a, uh, a research and development uh, agreement to literally develop a process to 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 produce the product. So it's it's when people say that um, that some of the newer cast iron is as similar as it can be to to the old production. Um, 
really, that's not entirely true. I mean, <laughs> ours, are, ours are cast at this dimension. Uh, they're not polished down to this sure. dimension. We make them we make them to look this way, and yep. that's the way they come out of the molds. Yeah. So we, we do make them um, in a completely different process, but they do resemble the dimensions and the, um, and the specifications of, right. of the 19th century product. We say we're, we're, we're inspired by historic sources, but it's only possible by new technology. Right. We're not an old company. Right. I mean, we're, sure. we're, we're using new technology yeah. to achieve results that cooks for uh, 3,000 years have known that iron has certain uh, certain qualities that we admire. Yeah, I mean, I love on your site that you offer a 100-year warranty. Yeah, there's your, a little bit of a pen. little bit of a joke about that. I mean, you could offer the same on your on your on on your the way, cooking the way vessels. It's written, I, you might like this, Steve. The way it's, it's a little bit of a joke. Oh yeah, right. for sure. But I love it. It, it. They offer a hundred year warranty to the original purchaser, but it can be transferred in a will. Yes. So you, if you will your you butter will the warranty to somebody, so I feel pan. like you could do the same thing because you know to talk about longevity of product. I mean, having seen now and and been around a couple of your Sea Island forges. I can't, I mean, that thing is going to last. It's not going to go anywhere. They are designed to be legacy pieces, heritage pieces, and they are designed to be passed down from generation to generation. And the memories that are attached to the kettle, you know, we do recommend that when people buy the kettles that they put in their will who gets to inherit it so that their great-grandchildren aren't, you know, having Don't staggering legal bills fighting <laughs> over whose memories are more sure. valuable than, than their cousins. Absolutely. And, and, and yours also is based off of an older design, right? The kettle shape itself is based off of kettles for cooking down cane, right? Yes. So they are definitely based off of the syrup kettle shape and, and also the festivity. Because when you were back then, when they were um, rendering the sugar cane syrup down, it was a festive time. You know, it was it was 48 hours, 72 hours of just the whole town, the whole village coming together. And it was a celebration. Um, so it's definitely, you know, homage to that celebration. Uh, the antiques were actually designed to have a fire under them and the right. liquid inside of them. Sure. And the liquid inside of them is what kept the metal stable from the heat underneath huh. it. Ours are designed and engineered specifically to have the fire inside of them. Right. And that is why it's getting harder and harder to find the antique syrup kettles that aren't cracked or damaged. Because people because are cooking, putting, making fires in them instead. And they're, they're not engineered and they're not designed for that. Got it. Very interesting. Now, are you going to produce or have you produced any syrup kettles to go on top of the Sea Island Forge if people wanted to make their own syrup? Now? Well, you can I mean, I simply process, you can simply use a Sea Island Forge kettle on top of a Sea Island Forge kettle. Got it. <laughs> yes. So having the having it designed to have the fire inside of it is is a much more demanding vessel I than see. having the fire under it with the liquid inside of it. So Got you it. could just simply use another Two. kettle. Got it. Now let's talk about size for a second. So you have the fifty gallon, you have the thirty gallon. Are you planning to do anything smaller than that, or is that really the product line, and then the accessories are the are the rest of it? So I think in the future, we're definitely considering doing something. We aren't going to be able to go too much right. smaller volume metrically, but we do have the opportunity to reduce the weight and make it more of a, like a, a tailgate uh, I see. setup. Yep. Um, you know, the 30 gallon isn't, it, it's, it's heavy, you know, with the stand, you're 225 pounds. So two guys, three guys can easily load it into the back of a pickup truck. Right take it to the beach, take it to the farm, take it, you know, to their friend's house for, you know, tailgating, or take it to, you know, the football game to tailgate. Right, yeah. But, you know, certainly to have something that would be a little bit lighter is is something we're considering. Um, 
But now having that weight is also important because when you get the fire burning in it, you now have 175 pounds of thermal mass and it just turns the kettle into a big heat pump. Right. Yeah. No, they're definitely, I mean, the chefs who are going to be out there cooking today as the heat is ratcheting up and it's been sunny since this morning are going to be sweating. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also love the idea, I mean, you know, being up in the north, I love the idea of having one of those in my yard when it's snowing out. Yeah. And getting a nice fire going in the snow and the kids can, you know, cooking up some making coffee or hot chocolate there on the on the side of it and that kind of thing. I mean, I would love to be able There's to do that. There's nothing like being around a around a fire. I uh, it, it it's it becomes the it's moths to the flames. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fire, it's fire's in our DNA. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. elemental. And yeah. the scientific definition of fire meets all the requirements of of life. You know, it 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 consumes energy, it consumes oxygen, and it can reproduce. So yeah. fire is a living, breathing entity. Yeah, for sure. So I wanted to ask you, Dennis, about your sizing and uh, why you moved away from, so cast iron skillets, for those who don't know, traditionally were sized by number, yep. which isn't really which didn't, which related did to size. Anything. It didn't no. mean anything, no. but a number eight is your most popular size, and that's a historically 10 to 10 and a half inch diameter right. skillet, depending on who was making it. Um, you know, but for, for, you know, for over 100 years, sizing was done by numbers, but you moved away from that and gone to well, names. Well, it's, it's, it's actually uh, interesting because the numbers started to show up on the pants at, as, as skillets became an industrial product. Hmm. But, but interestingly enough, it was before uh, we considered numbers to be standardized. They, they they do not mean they never meant inches. Right. No. A of number course. a number ten was a symbol of a size. It was not a number. Right. I mean it's a, it's hard for us to understand this because we're so oriented to to, to uh, sizing, sizing being something we all understand. Sure. But but at the time I'm not saying that there weren't uh, there weren't rulers. There were rulers and there were and there were numbers. But the but but the number ten pan on a Griswold of a Griswold fit the number 10 eye on a Griswold stove. The number 10 pan on a favorite stove and range company, yep. Range, their number 10 fit their eye. The two 10s were not the same. So what happened was is that you, you border over this time period where now then suddenly wars come along. We need screws that fit everything. Right. Everything becomes standardized. Sure. The numbers then become standardized. When I started to make these, I, I said, well, what is a number? What's a number 10? Right. It's not measured as 10. I'm not going to I'm being an iconoclast. I'm not going to follow that convention because it's, it's too confusing. Yep. We, we, we measure ours exactly. They are exactly 12, 10, 14, eight inches in diameter, exactly 10, 12 on, uh, on the cooking surface, but the numbers are, are symbols, just like the old numbers were symbols. Yeah. So when, when we finish the model making process for one of our pans, I take a, uh, I take a black magic marker and I make a signature of the, of the letter. That signature is then scanned into our uh, design software, and that's that's the signature that is on the pan. So the H that I'm holding here was was literally made with a with a magic marker hmm. uh, onto a piece of paper, scanned in, uh, cut into our cut into our molding process, and and it's a, and it's a way of um, 
for, for me personally of, 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 si- of signing the object. Sure. We put, we put numbers on the back of the pants. We're on radio, so I'm showing you. Yeah, yeah, of but, course. But, <laughs> but they're, they, people say, are we, you know, is this, an, is this an addition like a piece of sculpture? It's absolutely not. This is a heat number. It, it records the number of uh, uh, consecutive when we're making our, our product. So this is a this this represents a date and time. Ah, we use it to it. control our chemistry. Sure. The the following number in this case we made 20, 20 pans in that heat. Ah. So it's a way for us to uh, immediately go back in our record keeping and say this particular pan was made on this particular day. Right. I could check the chemistry. Yeah. And know if there was any variation in the in the in the chemistry sure. because iron is iron is not pure iron. Right. Um, it's made up of uh, primarily five other uh, five other elements. I so. mean, it's a very interesting sort of throwback though to the pans of the 19th century, where the mold maker would have a symbol that was cast into the bottom of the well, pan. So if there was a problem, you're 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 you're, you're insightful. Most people yeah. don't pick up on yeah. that, but that's the but that's the point. I mean, yeah. is is that you're you're make, you're making something that you know. A hundred years from now, someone is going to look at this, yep. and they're going to look for 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 little tracks in the snow yeah. to tell you how it was how it was made and why it was made. And yeah. we use the the letters are 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 represent uh, women's names. Sure. Uh, this is this is Heather, my my foundry partner's wife. Um, Lily is my wife's grandmother. That's our biggest fan. Our newest fan is St, which is my grandmother's my grandmother's name. So obviously we 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 think of them as being letters. Yep. But we represent them as people who were were important to us. Right. So. And they all have an exact number of inches. So now if somebody wants a twelve inch skillet, they get a twelve. But you'd be surpri- you'd be surprised how many times I'm I'm sure you have the same same experience. They walk up and the f- the first question people want to know is what is the number. So what? How big is it? And, right. and and I, again, being a little bit of a smart aleck, I say, well, it's this big. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean did, so did you have a problem with how your eyes work? I mean, right. you're looking at it. You know how big sure. it is. I mean, so Steve, Do you need a number. You know, the the Sea Island Forge is done by volume because what you're casting is kettles, but most people, you know, are trained to think of a grill if you are going to grill with it in inches. Right, we're sold an 18-inch Weber grill. We're sold, you know, by by what the sizing is that way. So I imagine you get a lot of, you know, sort of questions about that. Well, we do, but ours are, um, you know, based volumetrically, you know, because it's the homage to the antique syrup kettles. Of course. And, uh, so it's a 30-gallon and it's a 50-gallon, and then people will walk up to us and say, "Yes, I, you know, I have my grandfather's 80-gallon from the Kehoe foundry, foundry. I have, you know, a 100-gallon from the Columbus foundry, and and so." So there's there's the heritage and and you know it's paying homage to that but it's you know it's like Dennis Butterpad it's a 12 inch pan is a 12 inch pan it's a 30 gallon kettle it's it holds 30 gallons yeah it's an exact number right yeah it, it's a calculation <laughs> yeah so tell me about the accessories that are available did was that part of it from the beginning or did you start making the the you know the kettles for use with fire and then add in the accessories later well, first and foremost, the kettles are fire pits. Uh, and then from there, you can accessorize them to your heart's content. You can personalize them with your property name on the lip, your family name on the lip. Um, and it, it's just uh, out of a love of hanging out with our kids around the fire. You know, it, it became another way to generate valuable memories with our children was cooking the food on the kettle. And then when we're done with dinner, you know, going outside and roasting the s'mores on, on the kettle, 
on the stainless steel roasting forks that we make or having our friends over you know and having an, a beautifully hand forged oyster knife in your hand that we made you know it just it's it's about making the memories with your friends and your family and that's where the value is so, you know it's unplugging and doing something real and authentic yeah. And and managing that fire, right? I mean, it takes it's a hands-on experience, and I really I love the fact that it is a place where people can come together around that fire pit, but then you can use it to make lunch or dinner or a snack mm -hmm. or yeah. you know s'mores or whatever it is. But then it also just is a place to then sit around. It serves all of those things, and I really can't imagine you know starting that thing in the morning and having it run all day. So we have had you know several friends and family that will take the fire kettle you know up to the north carolina mountains for a week a week and a half and that's all they use to cook on and that's all they do up in the mountains they hang up by the fire they'll go take a hike in the woods and then they'll come back home and you know cook lunch over the kettle and then come back later and cook dinner on the kettle and then that night you know hang out and have some wine and beers around the right. kettle and tell <laughs> stories about the day and it's just you know it's about bringing people together um you can do it as, as simple as just a fire around the kettle, or you can get as complex as you want, like some of the amazing chefs here. Um, you can even do wood-fired pizzas now on the kettle. Yeah. So we have accessories for all skill levels, you know, from the homeowner up to the professional chef. How often do you uh, do you cook on one? Not as often as I would like, <laughs> because I'm on the road a good I, bit. Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, and now that both our kids are gone and out of the house, you know, it's, uh, it's bringing friends over and... Right. and um, you know, I guess it's a lot to start up for just you and your wife. <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of times it's it's just about hanging out by the fire for yep. us and, sure. and winding down after yeah. a great event, a great show. Um, you know, we are very hands-on. It's me in the forge a lot of the times with the guys hammering and welding. And, yeah. and my wife runs the office and, and, you know, coordinates the orders and all the logistics of coming to the shows and the moving parts. So it, it's... You know, we don't get to hang out around the kettle as much as we would like right now, but in the future, it's... That's the plan. It's, yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And do you, I mean, do you have any, have you have you made any that are in use in restaurants? Like in regular oh, yes. use in restaurants? Yes, yes. Um, we have uh, Chef Corey Barr, who is a runner-up on the Food Network, is yep. one of our brand ambassadors. Uh, Chris Hastings over in Birmingham is a tremendous ambassador for us. Um, you know, we have many restaurants that enjoy using them, that will take them to special events like this, or right. they just have them, you know, in their restaurant quiver as a tool to use for special nights, special events, or special flavors. Awesome. It's really, it, it's, uh, it's really cool. Dennis, I wanted to, to ask you about sort of, you know, starting a manufacturing business in the 21st century. Um, and, you know, were there... Were there any moments, you started with the largest pan, right, the Lily. We did. And decided if you could get that one right, you could always move down into smaller pans. Were there any moments in it where it just wasn't really are working you, are for you? Are you setting me up for this uh, <laughs> for this question? I know you, we didn't talk about this before, before we started no, we the didn't. show. But um, uh, keeping in mind that I did not start this as a business. Right. Uh, I, I started this as a, uh, as a, literally as an intellectual uh, exercise to try to understand how, how was something done in the past and why couldn't it be done today? Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was really the question. So here, here are the specifications. 
this is what one looks like 150 years ago. And I would set up my tours to different foundries by taking a bag, putting an old pan in the bag, and then sitting down, going over the specifications with the foundry engineers. They would tell me it would not be possible to do it. And then I would pull the pan out of the bag, and I would say, so tell me why the hell 100 years ago they could do this, and you can't do it now. In many cases, uh, they didn't know. Um, the technology had changed so much that that there really wasn't a clear understanding of why it was not possible to make a wall thickness that was 09375, 330 seconds thick. Um, why can you not make something as smooth as this? Eventually, we eventually we understood it. I mean, yeah. it took um, it took a it took almost two years um, and 22 foundries, um, but. But there is a. So that must, a, that must be like all the foundries that were left at the time. Uh, there are all the imagine. foundries. There are all the all the foundries except for three uh, on the East Coast. Wow. That are making that are making a product that would uh, that would be close to making sure. meat, meat casting iron this particular cast, kind casting, of iron. Well, uh, casting iron. Yeah. Uh, there are many many companies that uh, that cast other other metals, yep. but iron. Gray iron. Um, we, we even in the foundry, we don't call it cast iron. We call it gray iron. Gray iron. Comes out of the foundry. It's silver. It's not. Certainly, it's not black. So, the um, it, no, no. Uh, every day, every day uh, was uh, was uh, was a day of uh, of disaster. Uh, <laughs> but and and in fact, we we went for 18 months. Um, all of my money. Um, all the money that my foundry partner had committed to the project and never had a single single cast pan wow. that did not did not break or, or did not have a number of flaws it, it it sounds like a made-up story but on the last day of our last casting of our R&D bank account contract, was at zero <laughs> we were we were all at zero everybody was zeroed out um, we had a single. We had a single uh, success. Amazing. Uh, we 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 keep it on our. We keep it in our office. Uh, it's one of my sons. Uh, one of my two sons' pans, but but it it was. Uh, we were chasing the wrong. We were chasing the wrong solution to a problem, um, and and once we once we changed that that made that change in the process, we were able to start to start to produce uh, more of them, and then people started asking. Um, uh, why are you doing this? And and we we decided that we would start with the big pan because um, that's the hardest one to make. Uh, yeah. It's a commercial. It's not a very good commercial decision. But um, but it, but again, I wasn't doing this for commercial reasons. We were doing it because we wanted to understand why why was it so hard to do this. Right. So we started with the 14, then down to the 12, and we've come. We've we literally have started at the largest and moved to the uh, moved to the smallest. Right. And what is your production like now? I mean, how many units are you guys producing? Well, we have four, we have forty-one guys in the foundry, um, and we're 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 almost at almost at capacity. It's going to be a problem. I mean, we're, we right. we say we make we produce them in limited quantities, and I think some people think that's a that that's a marketing gimmick, but we really mean we produce them in limited quantities. Sure. And once we reach a certain threshold, um, we we will not be able to make uh, make more of them. Mm. It's a the the answer to the reason for why old pans can't be made today is is real estate. Um, we huh. we it, for every pan we make, it must stay in mold. 
for almost half of the time that it's uh, that it takes to make it. Wow. Yeah, the cool down process is That's just right. as important as the metallurgical alloy. That's right. Of what you're producing, so you have to give the metal time to generate the internal grain structure that gives it the stability. Otherwise, otherwise uh, you won't get the uh, you won't get the chemistry that you're looking for. And sure. So and you won't be able to have the hundred year warranty. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and it, and it 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 is the simple simple answer for uh, for we had a, we worked with a with an Amish foundry for a while who 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 made who made perfectly acceptable products for us. We went back to them after they'd um, after they'd made them and said so how many can you make for us a month? And they said, with a dead flat face, seven. <laughs> and at that moment, I understood exactly what he meant. Up until then, I didn't understand why we could not make more. Right. It's not because of the process. It's because he didn't have the buildings or the real estate yeah. in order to house the molds yep. that would be necessary in order to make our product. Yeah. And that's the reason. So yeah. it's it's a it's a real estate and that, and that presents a real I think it presents a real conflict between trying to make a specific product and what the market fails to understand when you about have that co- about specific cost. product yeah that's right I yeah. mean you, you know we both we both have people who who feel that um, we're going to join in in this race to the bottom of uh, of quality I mean right. we made a commitment from the very first day that we would make them here. Not because of a, not for political reasons. I mean, we make them here because I need to go to my foundry and talk to my men and women about what they make. I need to to ask them questions. I can't do that with a ship and a t- telephone. Yep. So so it was a uh, we we a lot of people don't understand that if you make that commitment, you're making a commitment to the uh, to the regulations that we have to conform to as an American manufacturer. Yep. If we make something overseas, we're allowing other other people to manufacture something in living conditions that we wouldn't find acceptable. Yeah. So that's going to add to the to the cost. And then you add for us the the you know the number of the number of days that it takes to make something and the quality level that we that we uh, that we produce at it, it's 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 not going to be a fifteen dollar uh, product. Sure, and, and and there aren't going to be they aren't going to be in every store in America. No, and I and and, and frankly we we don't we don't care. Yeah. I mean it's 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 a our commitment is to make the highest quality product that we that, that we possibly can to make them here in the United States yeah. and suffer the consequences of, uh, of of volume because of it. It's yeah. it's. So. Well, you both seem to be doing a very good job at both of those things. High quality heirloom pieces made in the United States, and I commend you both for that. It's, it's not about mass production. It's about making sure that you're representing your brand with the quality pieces that you want to represent, and, and not everybody is going to be a client of ours. Right. It's just, you know, we're not going to sell... When you're making something that's, that's going to last 100 years, um, you realize that it's going to be here when you're not here, and likely your, your, your brand or your company is not going to be here uh, sure. either. And so I think that you, you, you have this promise, not to just yourself, you have this promise to your children that something that's going to... It's a generational rep- promise. It is. You're, you're, you're making a commitment to, to your, your children that something that, that you've made is something that they can continue to be proud of, not just for your generation, but for another generation. 
Well, thank you both so much for joining me here. Uh, and you know, there's a lot more, a lot more food to, to try and a lot more uh, beverages to drink. I don't, I mean, I feel like I drank a lot of them yesterday. I don't know about you, gentlemen, but uh, definitely there's a lot out there. Um, but thank you so much. It's been, it's been really great. I've enjoyed it. Thanks thank a lot. you. Wonderful uh, time. Thank you to Le Creuset and the Julia Child Foundation for making Heritage Radio Network on tour at Charleston Wine and Food possible. I'm Harry Rosenblum, the host of Feast Your Ears here for Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a member-supported nonprofit based in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Listen to over 10,000 episodes of Food Radio and become a member at heritageradionetwork.org. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food Radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.